This episode includes details of child murders, which some listeners may find upsetting. Listener discretion is advised. The Devil in the White City The Devil's Rooming House The Devil Made Me Do It The first two are titles of books about American serial killers. The last one is a movie title about a murder that inspired the third movie in the Conjuring franchise. You might have noticed they all have something in common. The Devil is in all of their titles. That's because the criminals are either likened to being the devil themselves, or tried to blame the devil for their deeds. There have also been cases where Satanists have been accused of killing in the name of the devil, or were planning to. Like the 2018 case of the 11 and 12 year old middle schoolers in Florida. The girls were luckily caught and arrested before they could carry out their mass murder slash suicide plot, though. But what about if we look at it from his perspective? His being the devil. Or if we play the devil's advocate, so to speak. Don't worry, we're not venturing into Satanism territory. We're just flipping the script a little bit. The devil is often named as a co-conspirator in crimes, but has he ever been the target of murder? Has he ever been sued? That's what we're going to explore in this episode of Haunting American True Crimes. Thank you for joining me. My name is Courtney Maroc, and it's my pleasure to once again be your host and guide for this, our last episode in the Haunting American True Crime season here on the Haunt Johns podcast. Well, it's the last regular episode. We have a bonus episode coming up next week. I'll explain more about that at the end of this one. For now, let me just say that whether you're a repeat sailor or this is your first jaunt sailing the airwaves with me, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already so you know when the new episodes drop. Because even though we're wrapping up the Haunting American True Crime season, we will have another themed season coming soon. And if you're enjoying this on YouTube, be sure to leave a thumbs up or rate it if your podcast provider allows. Both things help me very much. Comments, reviews, and shares are also super helpful and always appreciated. One thing that's never appreciated, though, unless maybe you're a Satanist, is the devil showing up. He can ruin a party faster than anything. 
I mentioned a couple of book titles and a movie at the very start of this episode. The Devil in the White City and The Devil's Rooming House are books about American murderers who committed unthinkable acts. The first details the life and crimes of H.H. Holmes, a man some have called America's first serial killer. But that's not technically correct. He was a serial killer. That part is true. But there were others before him. Just maybe not as, you know, they didn't get the same notoriety. The second book, the one about the Devil's Rooming House, is about Amy Archer Gilligan, a seemingly good Christian woman who was anything but. She was a serial killer who preyed on the elderly. Both H.H. Holmes and Amy Archer Gilligan's heinous deeds went on to inspire movies and TV shows like Arsenic and Old Lace and the hotel season of American Horror Story. Then there's the Devil Made Me Do It case, which inspired the third movie in the Conjuring franchise. It was based on a real-life defense used by Arnie Cheyenne Johnson when he stabbed Alan Bono to death in 1981. Well, it was a defense Johnson tried to use. It wasn't a legal defense at all, and amazingly was one his lawyer, Martin Manella, argued for. But Manella actually wasn't the first to suggest it. In fact, the case hadn't even gone to trial at all yet when Ed and Lorraine Warren suggested to national media shortly after Johnson was arrested that his case would be the first in American legal history where an accused murderer would argue that he was possessed by the devil at the time of his crime. Speaking of arguments, some people argue that the Warrens were frauds when it came to some of their paranormal claims. Maybe so, maybe not, but one thing that's indisputable is they were no legal experts. Superior Court to Judge Robert J. Callahan, the judge in the Allen Bono murder case, refused to entertain the demon defense the Warrens were so keen to employ. Judge Callahan made it clear he would never allow such an outrageous defense. On October 29, 1981, the Hartford Current reported that Callahan responded that evidence of possession is simply not relevant, that demonology and related fields are not accepted sciences, and that it seems impossible to prove possession as an objective fact. So, there went that defense. And... Rightly so. Innocent, guilty, not guilty by reason of insanity, and not guilty by reason of possession? Well, it's very hard to win a not guilty by reason of insanity defense. I'd hope that would be the same if there was a not guilty by reason of possession defense, too. Because if not, no one would ever plead guilty again, or maybe not even not guilty. All you'd have to do is claim the devil made you do it and forget about suffering any consequences. If Judge Callahan had allowed such a defense, it would have set an unfortunate, not to mention dangerous, precedent. The idea of the devil is pretty dangerous as it is. Religions teach the devil is the root of all evil and that evil is to be avoided at all costs, which, yes, that's generally pretty good, do right, not wrong, especially if you want to go to heaven. 
But then some people suffer delusions that they have the power to drive evil out, and that can lead to unfortunate consequences. Like this case out of Texas. A headline in the December 23, 1932 issue of the Corpus Christi Times read, Weird rights to drive devil from girl's body termed death cause. Two preachers, Paul Oakes and his brother Coy, were charged with murder after they strangled a five-year-old girl to death in Linden, a small town in Texas. As a baby, the little girl had suffered infantile paralysis and couldn't walk. Her parents, the Claytons, attended one of the Oakes brothers' sermons and must have discerned the preachers could help their family. The trouble was, the Oaks brothers weren't doctors, so the only affliction they saw the couple's daughter suffering from was the devil's work. And the only remedy they knew to prescribe was to drive the devil out. A neighbor tried to stop the men when he heard a commotion. The Oaks brothers declared the neighbor was a devil too and chased him off. But were they trying to drive the devil out or kill it? Because where was the devil going to go? Maybe they thought, or hoped rather, the devil would return to hell. But if it was intent on harvesting souls, wouldn't you think it was going to look for another person to possess? So either way, it was irresponsible to drive the devil out without offering it an alternative place to go. Or making sure it was going to hell. But what was the most unfortunate consequence was that they choked to death a perfectly innocent little girl. There have been a lot of cases like this over the years, where people feel a loved one is possessed by the devil and end up killing the person in an attempt to free them. Including very recently. You would think people would be smarter than this by now, but sadly they aren't. And even much, much more sad, is that children often end up the victims. Like in a 2019 case out of Arizona, 31-year-old Pablo Martinez felt his son was acting demonic during bath time, so he held the boy's head under the bathtub faucet while he poured hot water down his mouth. The little boy suffered burns to his head and arms and died at the scene. There was also a 2020 case out of Missouri. 28-year-old James Mast and his 29-year-old wife Mary pled not guilty to felony child endangerment when they allowed their across-the-street neighbor, Ethan Mast, who was no relation to the couple, to beat their four-year-old daughter to death. James and Mary had also been beaten, as had their two-year-old son. Luckily, their infant had not been harmed. James Mast said he tried to intervene, but Ethan Mast threatened he'd shoot if anyone tried to stop him. James had been told a demon was inside his wife. If he didn't want his kids to wind up like her, the only way was to beat the devil out of everybody. Jessica, the four-year-old girl, was also taken to an icy pond out back and dunked in a religious-type ceremony, probably some sort of attempt at a baptism. Uh, She was the only one who died of her injuries, however. Her parents, as well as Ethan Mast and another woman, 21-year-old Courtney Allman, 
were all charged with first-degree murder as well as other felonies, like first-degree assault and armed criminal action. All pled guilty and are awaiting trial. Then, most recently, in another exorcism and baptism gone wrong fiasco, it was actually a child who ended up killing his parent. 19-year-old Jack Callahan of Duxbury, Massachusetts, killed his 57-year-old father, Scott, after drowning him in Island Creek Pond at Crocker Park. According to a June 31, 2021 Associated Press article in the Bangor Daily News, apparently Scott had recently left a treatment facility. He suffered from substance abuse, and when professional help failed to work, his son felt he needed to step in, and it resulted in his father's death. But Jack, the son, also suffered from substance abuse problems, as well as recently manifested mental health issues, according to District Attorney Shannon Buckingham. Jack dunked his dad's head in the water over and over in an attempt to exercise a demon he called Dirty Dan. Jack gave his father a choice to be in heaven with him or to go to hell. He felt that his dad chose hell and that's why he died. These are just a few examples of very, very sad cases dealing with well-intentioned people who handled perceived problems in horrific ways. Well, at least the optimist in me likes to think that they meant well. At best, they were disillusioned or perhaps suffering from an undiagnosed or untreated mental illness themselves. Um, I really like to believe they weren't trying to disguise murderous hearts by claiming to kill the devil, that somehow then that would make their killing okay. But at the end of the day, that's still murder too, right? And even though it's the devil, is is it okay to murder the devil? And how do you kill the devil or demons? That's a little tricky. Because if people honestly knew how to do that, don't you think that would have been accomplished by now? Surely somebody would have figured that out. Someone did try to sue Satan once, though, in 1971. The suit was the United States XREL, basically on behalf of, Gerald Mayo versus Satan and his staff. Plaintiff Gerald Mayo, an inmate at Western Penitentiary in Pennsylvania, who was serving a one-and-a-half to six-year sentence for aggravated assault and battery, filed a suit against, as Wikipedia so brilliantly put it, Satan and his minions. Mayo filed a petition for an injunction against Satan, claiming Satan had violated his constitutional rights by placing irresistible temptation in his path. One of my favorite, albeit very short, news articles about the case was from the Daily Courier. They included a pun from U.S. District Court Judge Gerald Weber, who said, The devil with it all, as he threw the case out of court. If federal marshals had been able to produce the defendant, Satan, he might have considered it, though. Although it still likely would have been thrown out because it didn't quite meet the threshold to be a class action case.
But because Mayo failed to prove Satan lived within the court's jurisdiction and marshals were not given instructions on how to summon him, there was nothing else to do except throw the case out. I thought the word summon in this case was funny too. They were using it, of course, like they would in any other case. A summons is a legal document that orders someone, be it a defendant or a witness, to appear in court. But people also use it to describe how the devil is conjured up. He's summoned. One thing's for sure. It's hard to give the devil his due. At least in court. Gerald Mayo couldn't do it in 1971. Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, with the help of the Warrens, couldn't put him on trial a decade later in 1981 either. Because, as the saying goes, the devil's in the details. And neither case had sufficient ones to bring the devil to justice. Thank you so much for joining me for this last regular episode of the Haunting American True Crime series here on the Haunt Johns podcast. I hope you've had a devil of a good time listening, not just to this episode, but the whole season. Sorry, I couldn't resist slipping one more devil idiom in there. If you have enjoyed yourself, remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. I will be releasing one more bonus episode in the Haunting American True Crime series. It's a mishmash of tidbits and takeaways that I dug up and discerned while researching all of this season's episodes. I'll also announce what next season's theme will be and when you can expect to start listening to that. So, yep, there's more good stuff coming. Subscribe so you don't miss out. With that, I'll bid you adieu until the next time we sail the airwaves together again. Until then, ciao for now. <laughs> <laughs>